Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Time now for Market View. We will talk about an insurer as well as a bank. But first, let's recap how we started the day. Yep, so Singapore shares started the day lower after US and European markets ended mostly in the red overnight. Uh, no thanks to that liquidity crisis faced by Credit Suisse, which sparked fears across trading floors. The Straits Times index was down 0.9% in early trade to 3,143 points as uh, 48 million securities changed hands. So let's take a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed down 0.55% at 3,100. Points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1.27 billion. Now, gainers trailed losers 210 versus 298. Top advances for today, Jardine CNC, City Developments and Venture Corp. And top decliners, JMH USD, DBS and New Incorporation USD. Now, in terms of companies to watch, Elliot, you mentioned an insurer. And that's right, you're talking about Prudential. Because uh, the insurer yesterday posted profit from continuing operations of 998 million US dollars for FY 2022, down 54% from the previous year due to a decline in profit from its Indonesia segment. And meanwhile, the global financial sector continues to be in the spotlight after signs of trouble at Swiss lender Credit Suisse. So for more market moves and views, let's speak to David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Well, David, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for inviting me to the show. Great to have you on. And so, David, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Okay, I uh, mean, what a roller coaster ride we have had for the STI in general ever mm. since you know news on uh, SVB broke last week. The market went down to as low as you know three thousand one hundred thirty-four points, which is a near two point five percent decline from last Thursday closing. You know before we actually saw a rebound to uh, you know to claw back half of these losses. You know over the course of the week, ever since you know the Biden administration actually guaranteed you know that customers uh, you know will have access to all their money. I mean. Ah, unfortunately, the rally was stopped short again, you know, as turmoil surrounding Credit Suisse, you know, added on to banking fears in the re- region. So, uh, I mean, digressing a bit to the forest market, you know, yesterday night I was just looking at it and uh, the currency pair, Euro-Yen, actually fell 3% in one single day. So it's just so volatile. But uh, no so no surprises there. And uh, coming back to the home market, STI price action today, uh, well, STI certainly opened lower before mm-hmm. rebounding, but also, as you have uh, put it uh, earlier on, that, you know, it's down today. And it's still, and with the uh, closing today, it's still lower than last Thursday closing as, you know, the market awaits more news emerging out of SVB and Credit Suisse. Yeah. A lot of sign going on. David, let's try and look for some positivity. <laughs> Any thoughts on the biggest movers for today? Uh, well, I will have to say uh, not much uh, positivity coming up from the market today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubbles. I try. So, yeah, maybe if we just cross over to the uh, European market for a bit, you know, uh, mm. we are seeing, you know, the big gains in credit switch shares, you know, half, after having hit 40%, you're up 40% at one point, you know, powering down to just, you know, up about 18% on the day now. So, you know, with this single stock price action, we are also seeing the, you know, the European uh, indices uh, trimming their advances and at the same time, you know, US futures uh, are also starting to slip again. Mm-hmm. So there is certainly an uh, air of uh, apprehension uh, in the air now. And uh, if you look uh, again, 
taking us back to the local stock market. Well, uh, one surprise for me today for the mar- local market will be how uh, the stock price of Top Glove actually uh, went up by 14% today, mm. despite reporting a third quarter of consecutive losses in its second quarter 23 update. So, you know, as we know, uh, you know, for the glove industry, uh, mm. it's really a perfect storm of, you know, rebalancing demand and supply, mm. combining with your softer average selling prices and, of because cost increases. So I guess uh, this set of display financial results could have been largely uh, pricing by the market because if you look at the share price, it has been steadily trending downwards since the end of February. Mm-hmm. So when this, when the eventual results was released, it actually sort of did a reversal with the share price reacted kind of positive, positively to it and rebounded. Right. And zooming in on some of the companies to watch, aside from Top Glove, uh, Prudential posted profit from continuing operations of 998 million US dollars for FY 2022, uh, down 54% from the previous year due to a decline in profit from its Indonesia segment. But at the same time, uh, it proposed the highest second interim dividend. How do you read into this and what does it mean for Prudential and its shares in Singapore? Okay, well, uh, looking at this headline number, the whopping 54% drop, you know, one will be expected to be shocked, and rightfully so. But if you look at the uh, footnotes to uncover, you know, more reasons for the drop, uh, it will be because they have actually excluded the numbers associated with a discontinued operations. Mm. So on an adjusted operating profit basis, the numbers, uh, the profits were actually up by a mid-single digit uh, year on year. And um, if you look in depth at some of the metrics, uh, typically, associated with insurance companies uh, it isn't looking all that bad and this is the reason why financially sound companies like Prudential could still propose a higher second interim dividends. So one of the metrics that uh, that we look at is uh, will probably be the new business profit or MBP for short. So this metric is actually used to calculate the profitability mm. of the insurance business. So these are results. Uh, we actually see MBP dropping by 11, 11% year on year due to mm. no COVID-19 related disruptions right. and your macro volatility. And this also falls short of consensus by about 4%. So in other words, consensus was expecting only a 7% drop, but instead uh, it actually fell 11%. But uh, this 4% means it's not really a material miss in my opinion. So um, overall, I think it's a set of decent results for Prudential. But looking at the share price traded in London uh, so far, you know, mm. it's steady. I mean, not much excitement. But then again, the market mood is not as it's most uh, yeah. optimistic at the moment. So we shall see. All right. Uh, we're on the line right now with David Chang, who is Director of Azure Capital. David, let's talk about Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust's wholly owned subsidiary. They've issued $130 million worth of fixed rate notes due to mature March 15, 2033 in 10 years' time at a rate of 4.85% per annum. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, to what extent would you consider this significant for the trust? Well, in an environment of uh, rising interest rate, uh, I mean, it's always um, good to be able to raise proceeds by uh, issuing uh, you know, fixed interest rates to save on interest expense. So looking at uh, CICT's uh, debt mix uh, between fixed and variable, it, uh, currently 80% of its total debts are categorized as, as, uh, as debts with fixed rates. And this is a high proportion, you know, which should sit well with investors at least on this preference. So, uh, you know, furthermore, I noted that the uh, cost of debts has actually inched up to about 2.7% as at the uh, end of December 2022 from 
spent uh, a quarter earlier. So it's always a welcoming set to have your interest uh, by issuing fixed debts. So uh, the direction of this REIT, in my opinion, I think is to uh, still pursue uh, inorganic growth at the moment. And given the increasing emphasis on green projects nowadays, uh, you know, which mm. the proceeds of this insurance will go to, I think it's, uh, it is okay you know, to embark yeah. on this route. So current gearing is about 40.4% at the moment for the trust, uh, you know, mm. with limit, legal limit of 50%. So um, I would expect uh, this 40.4% to remain um, as it is. Mm. As you know, if you look at, you know, the debt gearing for other REITs, usually the yeah. REIT in uh, Singapore will not try to hit anywhere near the 50% limit out mm. of routes. So, uh, yep, I will expect yeah. this, the gearing to hold up at current levels. Okay, and uh, let's take a look at some of the headlines around the world, David. And I was reminded of this as well. Today is the uh, first anniversary of Fed hikes in the US. I'm not sure whether we call it like anniversary. Usually anniversary refers to uh, something good to remember, right? But uh, okay, speaking of rate hikes and the impact on lenders, Credit Suisse arranged to borrow as much as 50 billion francs uh, from the Swiss National Bank and it offered to repurchase debt in a bid to reverse a collapse in market confidence. But at the same time, Saudi National Bank would not up its stick in Credit Suisse. How do we make sense of all of that? And uh, could Credit Suisse be the next to bite the dust? Is it too big to fail or will someone buy over Credit Suisse somehow? Well, um, well, for a start, you know, this anniversary is certainly one to forget. You know, who can for, who can forget that? You know, the Fed hiked seven times last year and, you know, brought the rates up from a low of 0.25% all the way to 475 you know, for a grand total of 550 bits. Yeah. <laughs> so after what happened, you know, last Friday with uh, Credit Suisse, you know, actually we have seen the odds of, you know, the Fed doing a 50 uh, basis points uh, hike next week, you know, f- falling to 28%. So, uh, you may ask me, you know, what will have to happen for the Fed to actually hike rates by 50, uh, 50 bips next week? Well, you know, uh, first and foremost, there will need to be a supply resolution to the current bank run, but uh, that's not possible. That's not mm. impossible, I mean, but it's tough to imagine that the mood could, you know, switch so rapidly that the Fed, you know, wouldn't feel uncomfortable or feel that this episode has not put, you know, downward pressure on the economy. So, uh, back to where this is, but I think the confidence is everything. So, mm. What they are doing now is precisely to restore and support confidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, after all, I'm sure shareholders and management of Credit Suisse you know, do not want to be like how, you know, Bastons fell into the hands of J.P. Morgan on, ironically, March 16th, the same day as today, you know, in 2008. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This certainly doesn't make any sense uh, not to assist uh, mm. Credit Suisse in any way. Yeah. I mean, Credit Suisse is certainly, you know, much bigger than any other uh, U.S. regional banks which has uh, mm. failed for the past few days. And um, I think it's fair, you know, for anyone to slap, you know, CS with, uh, you know, too big to fail tech given you know, how the potential mm. contagion could ripple through the global markets yeah. in uh, devastating ways. Right. And uh, nonetheless, let's uh, try to wrap up this conversation, David, on a slightly more positive note. Yes, I'll try. The <laughs> let's talk about the launch of Fidu's Ernie bot to rival OpenAI's ChatGPT because mm. this really comes... Uh, one day after OpenAI announced its GPT-4, right? Uh, slightly more than 24 hours or 24 hours. So do you think Ernie will mainly service the Chinese market? To what extent is this a threat for OpenAI? 
Okay, um, I guess with the hype surrounding uh, ChatGPT at the moment, um, we are likely to see more firms apart from Paitu, you know, with the capabilities to jump onto this bandwagon. And, you know, Paitu, as you know, one of China's biggest search and artificial intelligence firms, certainly has the capability to launch its own. So, uh, taking a step back, I think it's not like uh, just a launch by itself, but it's also an integration of this earning bought into Paitu's uh, vast uh, ecosystem mm. of services which, you know, really feels massive to me. Now, you know, it's basically search and answers uh, function will evolve into a new interactive and chat experience. So in today's context, um, I guess innovative firms need to be constantly on their toes to deliver the best user experience for their users in order to create, you know, the stickiness. So with this, um, you know, Paitu's current content distribution system could also be made more personalized, which is mm. also a huge plus in my opinion. Now, if you ask me whether it could be deployed in the China market, um, well, it certainly can, but I'm not mm. confident whether you know Paitu has uh, adequately assessed that it could handle the country's uh, censorship regime like mm. any other AI products. How can it ensure that you know its algo stay, stays in line with the ever-changing uh, census, censorship rules in China? Well, uh, may, maybe you you can ask. Well, they could employ content filtering, yes, mm. but you know, to me, it may compromise the very user's experience, which they seek to improve on if they are not careful. So this is largely uh, where the uncertainty lies. Mm. So mainly cater to the external market uh, to compete against OpenAI, in your opinion. I feel that uh, at this uh, initial launch, um, you know, provided that it has, you know, do all its uh, you know, checks or bugs, uh, yeah. etc. Et so, um, if that's the case, then uh, it is it could prove to be a threat for open AI. But I guess, um, to me, I would think they will need actually more updates. Yeah, okay. As we go along. Yeah, okay. Thanks very much. That was David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.